Well, we've made our way through the small catechism over the last six weeks, working through the basic pieces of the foundation of our faith. And as we've been doing that, we've been gearing up for next week, which will be our confirmation service, where eight students are being brought into our church family officially as members in their own right. But today we're going to spend a little bit of time thinking about what it means to be practicing Christians, to be believers who do what Jesus says, and to be part of a family of faith. What does it mean that we call ourselves a congregation? What does it mean that we have a shepherd family that gathers together digitally, that gathers together on our Shea campus and on our Mountain View campus? And as we function as a family, how do we approach our experience of worship and and receiving God's gifts as people, as real people who are living life and experiencing hardships and victories and temptations and, and resilience in our faith? What does it mean to be these kind of people that are now receiving among us, eight new, eight new believers, eight new members. We're not confirming their Christianity. They've been believers ever since they were baptized, all the way back as children. But we're confirming in them the faith that they are taking on uh, as their own. And now stepping forward in their own journey of faith in their own way. But what kind of church are they becoming members of? What kind of community of faith are they now joining And how can we be sure that we live this life where confirmation is not something that happened to us a long time ago, but really confirmation and and the further we get from it as we get older becomes more important, more and more important that confirmation is really something that we remember each and every day. So we'll listen to this story from Luke chapter 18 and understand what it teaches us about how to approach our understanding of who we are as God's children. Then Jesus told this story to some who had great confidence in their own righteousness and scorned everyone else. Two men went to the temple to pray. One was a Pharisee, and the other was a despised tax collector. The Pharisee stood by himself and prayed this prayer, I thank you, God, that I'm not like other people, cheaters, sinners, adulterers. I'm certainly not like that tax collector. I fast twice a week, and I give you a tenth of my income. But the tax collector stood at a distance and dared not even lift his eyes to heaven as he prayed. Instead, he beat his chest in sorrow, saying, O God, be merciful to me, for I am a sinner. I tell you, this sinner, not the Pharisee, returned home justified before God. For those who exalt themselves will be humbled, and those who humble themselves will be exalted. You know, as we go through life, uh, most of the time we're told that as we acquire certain accolades or certain achievements or certain titles, we, we, we become greater and greater. We should become more and more proud of who we are. We should be more confident in who we are and what we've become. But there's an ironic paradox that exists within our Christian faith that teaches us to lift up this tax collector who has humbled himself as the example rather than a Pharisee who has become an expert in the law of the Lord, who has spent hours and days and years of his life learning what the instructions of God were and living this holy life that he might uh, exalt himself over the people around him. This irony of embracing the humble and uneducated rather than the the proud and the self-confident goes against the way that the rest of the world seems to speak, especially when it comes to careers or uh, personal professional development between relationship building and understanding how we form and shape our identities. But the paradox is this. God justified the tax collector in this story, and the Pharisee went home unjustified, unforgiven, not made right with God. And so let's take a closer look at the way that they approached their, uh, their, their understanding of who they were. So Jesus is telling this story particularly to people who are self-confident, self-righteous, arrogant in their approach to faith. 
And the caution for us is, is always that we should avoid becoming that way. But as we go through life, as we become uh, uh, greater in, in who we are, as we get older, as our careers progress, as we own maybe a, a bigger house or a, a better car or have more children or make more money, there's a temptation in our hearts to be proud of who we are and to think that, well, look at all the great things I've done. Surely God has blessed me and forgiven me. And, and it's because of these gifts that I have that he has given me this kind of life. So I'm going to walk into church and just thank God for the way he has made me and thank him for the way he hasn't made me. How he has not made me a bad person. How he has kept me from being uh, sinful and kept me from being corrupted and kept me from being um, all these other things. And when you listen to the prayer of this Pharisee, you can hear the arrogance that maybe he is unaware of. You can hear the self-righteousness and the self-confidence come through. He's not asking God to forgive him. He's not asking God to help him in any way. Instead, he's just saying, Lord, I am as good as it gets. Thanks for helping me get there. The tax collector, on the other hand, the one whom Jesus points his listeners to as the example to follow, he walks into the, the assembly in the temple. He stays away from the center of attention. He's standing at a distance so that others might not notice him because he is keenly aware of his imperfection. He knows exactly who he is and what he deserves. He's a sinner. He is corrupted. He has made a living off of making other people miserable. He has been cast out of society. And yet somehow he knows that the only way for him to be made right before God is to come to him and ask him for his mercy. And that's the heart of God, to be merciful to those who recognize their sinfulness, who recognize their brokenness, who recognize their tendency to go their own way. And when he reaches out for that mercy, God gives it to him and pours it lavishly upon him. Abundantly, this tax collector is given forgiveness and grace. And Jesus tells his listeners, that is the man who went home justified. That's the man who went home made right by God. So the question for us today is, what kind of church are we? What kind of church are we full of? What kind of people are we full of as a church? Are we full of the self-righteous, well-known, well-accomplished Pharisee who maybe is well, uh, very well-educated and biblically literate and has been walking in this faith their whole lives and is confident because they have done everything correctly to win God's favor in their lives? Or are we the tax collector? Do we recognize that we are broken and undeserving of God's love? Do we understand that by no, uh, by no merit of our own, by no achievement of our own actions, or our own mindsets, do we deserve to be considered a member of this holy church, a member of this family of God, a child, a name bearer of the creator of the heavens? There's no reason for us to hold that title, for us to carry that glory. For us to be honored and exalted in that way because we know that we're broken. It's interesting, here at Shepherd, we've got three pastors. About 14 years ago, I was confirmed. About 22 or so years ago, Pastor Scott was confirmed. About 30, 34 years ago, Pastor Allen was confirmed. And the further we get away from our confirmations when we were in eighth or, eighth or ninth grade, there is this growing recognition of the fact that I have not become closer to God. I have not stepped closer and worked harder and become more and more like God based on my own efforts. Rather, God has pulled me closer according to his own mercy. 
Since that time as an eighth grader, my life has been full of all kinds of changes of direction, of, of uh, maturation through mistakes, sometimes through great decisions, sometimes through poor decisions. And yet I can confidently tell you this. It's only because of God's grace and mercy that I have ever uh, come close to the person that I am today. For whatever reason, God has chosen me to be someone to share his great news with others. I do not deserve that. Believe me. There have been times where I've thought I had it all figured out. I have all the right answers. God is going to bless me financially or God's going to bless me bless me uh, professionally. God's going to bless me geographically. And, and certainly God has done those things, but not because of my own decisions. It's only because he has poured out his mercy. Because Jesus on the cross won for us forgiveness and a new life and a new identity. And when we come before God and we say, Lord, I am so broken I'm so ashamed. I am undeserving. He pours out that love upon you and me. So as we welcome eight new members into our congregation a week from today, I encourage you to consider whether you have wandered into the Pharisee's shoes and become a little too proud and a little too, a little too uh, self-confident. And instead to reflect and to repent, to change our mindset so that we might walk in the shoes of that tax collector who knows that it's only because of God's mercy that he has been called a child of God.